Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome, everybody, to worship on this, the second Sunday in Advent. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there's a bunch of tabs there you can click, but you can click under the Resources tab, and you will find the bulletin for this service, so you can follow along. And there's also options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. Today, the radio broadcast on KFUO is sponsored by, Ar by Arnie and Jerry Rankin in thanksgiving to God for blessings received. I've got a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Uh, just a reminder that we are worshiping the Lord not just on the weekends during Advent, but also on Wednesday nights. Uh, Wednesday Advent worship began this past Wednesday and will continue over the next two Wednesday nights. Our theme is Peace Came to Earth as we think about how we receive God's great peace through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Service, worship service starts at 6.30 p.m., and a light supper is provided by our board of elders that served prior to the service starting at 5 p.m. There's no charge for that supper, but, but we will be taking a free will dona donation in support of our missions. Uh, please join us for dinner and for worship on Wednesday nights. Our special Christmas choir concert is today at 11 a.m. I hope everybody can stay for that special time of worship and music. It's a wonderful, wonderful service. Uh, please make sure also to come to our children's Sunday school Christmas program next Sunday. That's December 17th at the 11 a.m. time uh, for, uh, during the worship time. You will be sure to want to join us that morning as we enjoy the story of the birth of Jesus through the, through the, uh, as told by the, by the children of our Sunday school here at chapel. If you wish, you may purchase one or more, more poinsettias to beautify the church this upcoming Christmas season. There's information about that in your weekly, but uh, just so you are aware, the deadline for purchasing those poinsettias is Monday the 18th of December. Our elder this weekend is, is Ken Kreitner. Ken is standing in the back there. He's going to greet you at the door as you leave today. Get to know Ken as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. And God's blessings to you as we worship together today. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have not done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us, according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all of your sins. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by His death on the cross and freed us from death by His resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God now and forever. Amen. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything, and it will be there. A voice calls in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for Him. Two flames leap up in preparation for the coming of our Lord. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, Judge and King, You sent John the Baptist to prepare the way for Your coming. Come, Lord Jesus, with Your grace, and fill us with Your Holy Spirit. Inhabit our lives and our dreams so that we may live as Your people in the world. For You live and reign with the Father, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated for the readings. Good morning. The Old Testament reading comes from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for, her, for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, 
and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arms rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of the Lord. A psalm comes to us today from uh, Psalm 85. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will, not revive, will you not revive us again, that your people may re rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him, and prepares the way for his steps. The epistle reading comes from the third chapter of Second Peter. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. This is the word of the Lord. Save our sons and daughters. 
Please stand for the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for Him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to Him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by Him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today we continue on our Advent journey. It's not really a long journey. I mean, it's just four weeks before Christmas. And during these, these four weeks, maybe you, know, maybe you will notice, three of the four Sundays, we are reading passages from the prophet Isaiah. Last week, we looked at Isaiah chapter 64. Next week, we will look at Isaiah 61. Today, we look at Isaiah 40. Not a long journey this Advent season, but, but especially as we read through these passages from the prophet Isaiah, we see that it is a hope-filled journey, it's a comforting journey. It's a journey that will prepare us for our Advent King. The words we'll look at on our journey today were spoken first to people who lived hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And maybe you wonder, how can words shared some 2,700 years ago mean anything to you and to me today? Oh, it's, it's amazing how timeless the words of our Lord are. They speak of our constant needs, the need for his peace the need for his pardon, the need for his presence in our lives, the need for his comfort. Those were needs 2,700 years ago. Those are needs today. Listen again just to the first couple verses of Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. How universal is that yearning for comfort? I mean, from the first day of life, it's there. What a a beautiful picture of comfort it is to see a, a child kind of snuggling into mommy or daddy's shoulder when he's scared or when she's tired. Because that's a place of comfort, and that's a place of peace. There's no fear there, there's no worries there, there's no nightmares there, because it's a place of comfort. Of course, comfort may mean different things to different people, but we all yearn for it in one way or another. We are a people in need of comfort. And I think especially needed at such a time as this. Is there there ever a time of year that we talk about comfort more than right now during this Advent season and Christmas season? You heard it in the text. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. We sing about it. God, rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing, nothing you dismay. And remember the refrain? Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. We hear peace on earth, goodwill to men. Sleep in heavenly peace, we hear. And yet, we've got so much to do over the next few weeks. There is no time for comfort. There is no time for peace. I mean, we got to get the gifts. We got to get them figured out and purchased and, and then somehow paid for. Cards need to be written and addressed and sent Christmas Day dinner, that's not going to fix itself. It needs a menu and then shopping and then preparation and then serving. We need to organize and we need to bake and we need to clean and we need to shop and all that needs to be done in the next 15 days. Comfort? <laughs> not today. No comfort in sight. Oh, but do we need comfort? And not just because we're so busy. We need comfort because we are so very often seriously lacking comfort in our world and in our lives. When Raven Whitaker Smith was in the sixth grade, she was suspended from school for throwing yogurt at lunch. But that act of disobedience that changed that girl's life. Her principal, Jason Smith, asked, if she would ever do that in a restaurant. And Raven responded, she'd never been to one before. She had spent years in different foster homes and now she lived in a group home in the sixth grade. 
At that point, Principal Smith said, I felt like she needed a hand. She needed some help. So he and his wife, Mary Beth, spoke with Raven's caseworker, and they decided to become her foster parents. Raven said of living with her principal, she said, it was really weird at first because in my mind I thought of him as the bad guy because I was always getting in trouble. But they made me feel extremely welcome, like I was already in the family. They got everything I needed without even knowing that I would be there forever. They just did it. Eventually, Raven, by then a high school freshman, was adopted by the Smiths. Four years later, she was accepted to the University of Kentucky, where Raven is now a junior studying social work, a major that was inspired by her own life, she said. What a difference the comfort of a family brought to Raven Whitaker Smith. From a lost, emotionally challenged child to a confident college student wanting to help others who are going through some of the same problems that she went through. Raven needed that comfort to succeed and to thrive. And she received it from an unlikely place from her school principal and his wife. We need comfort too. Because we too are often lacking comfort in our lives. It's why God through Isaiah brings us a word of comfort today. Comfort that is deep and lasting it's a comfort that has Advent promise and it's, got a, it's a comfort that has Advent power. Hear it again. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Isaiah was speaking to a people who would be exiled. They were struggling with violence and insecurity. Life seemed out of control. Judah would be dragged off by the Babylonians in 586 B.C. and Jerusalem fell and Solomon's temple was burned. And that would be a bitter time of slavery and, and, and chastisement for God's people who really never believed the warnings of the prophets about idolatry and injustice and immorality. And as exiles enslaved far away from home, they had no comfort. That Babylonian exile, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Far, far away from us. But the despair in not having comfort, I don't think that's far away from us at all. Anybody who has ever lost a loved one in death knows all too well the lack of comfort. Someone caught up in a broken relationship can feel that weight of no comfort. You think about the, the millions of refugees in our world never receiving comfort from broken governments and tyrants. All around us, we have hungry and homeless who are all too familiar with the lack of comfort in their lives. And any one of us could be that sinner who just can't believe that all is forgiven. All is forgiven by the death and, 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 and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we think, well, not, not for me, not for my sin. And there's no comfort. And isn't it tragic that the more comfort and peace are needed, the, the further away they seem to be. You see glimpses of that really in Scripture. Job's wife, remember her? Suffering from disastrous loss. She, she can only tell her husband to curse God and die. And that was a woman with no comfort. Having lost her husband and her sons, Naomi tells her widowed daughters-in-law to go on without her because she says, the Lord's hand has gone against me. She was a woman with no comfort. The mothers of Bethlehem, their little ones slaughtered by Herod's soldiers. They were inconsolable, the Bible says. No comfort there. How tragic it is when comfort is so desperately needed 
that the devil does all he can to keep comfort just out of reach. And it become, can become a way of life, you know, a license to just uh, give up because all is lost. How tragic to live life with no comfort. But how far that is from what God wills for us. God's will is to bring comfort deep and lasting as only he can. God's will is to bring peace, that peace that passes all human understanding. I mean, listen to him. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. He says it twice. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that our hard service is completed. I mean, there's such passion in that call from our God. And the release did come for Israel. And the exiles did return home. God used the Persian king Cyrus as a servant of his deliverance for his people. And they went back to Jerusalem to restore it and to restore the temple and to rebuild and to remember the covenant of God that gave them a future as his people, that gave them comfort. Comfort that was deep and lasting. It was deep and lasting because they heard from God what true comfort is. And, and we hear through Isaiah what true comfort is. Comfort comes in the trust that God is at work in our lives, that he keeps his word and his promises, that he loves his children that he has mercy on his people, that he gives that peace that passes all understanding. But above all, comfort is Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for you, crucified and risen for this whole world. Comfort, comfort my people. That is God's will and his word for you today, here and now. His comfort is yours. As we uh, decorate our homes for Christmas, many of us have traditional, a traditional manger scene, maybe more than one. We've got a few in our house. And we kind of unpack that and we put it in a prominent place or two in our homes. We've got one here at church too. It's just around the corner as you go out into the commons area. And typically those manger scenes, they've got all the right pieces unless you've like our family and some of our <laughs> we've lost them or broken them over the years, but, but usually there's a stable there and you'll find a cow or two or sheep. Mary and Joseph have to be there, the shepherds, maybe a wise man, maybe more than one. They're all part of the scene. But the central character, the, the most prominent piece is perhaps the smallest, Right? It's the piece that many of us put in that scene last. But it's clearly the most important piece. Because without that little piece, the rest of the scene is really useless. But with that little piece, that scene finds meaning for us and for all who see it. That little piece in the center of the scene, lying in the manger, is your comfort. It's Jesus who was wrapped up in claws and laid there in that manger. He is God's answer to our anxiety and our worry and our fear. He is our Savior from sin and from death. And Jesus is not just the center of that scene, but he is the center of yours. He comes to live with you and he comes to live in you. He comes to be the center of our lives and the center of this season. He comes to be our peace that passes all understanding. And he is the fulfillment of Isaiah's cry. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service is completed, that her sin has been paid for. 
Amen. Now may that peace and that comfort of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand as together we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. You'll find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Amid our world of pain and sorrow, we cry out to you, O Lord, for comfort, and you have given us your own Son. Help us to know fully his comfort and his peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As those who have heard your voice of peace and comfort, make us instruments of your peace to others that we may proclaim Jesus Christ and his salvation to all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Through your word, prepare our hearts and the hearts of many to repent and receive the good news of Jesus Christ, that believing in him, we may have forgiveness, life, and salvation. Lord, in Your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Your church, for all church workers and all missionaries serving beyond our borders. We pray for the ministry of Helping Hands Food Pantry, that many would be touched with the gospel as they help with the physical needs of people in our community. We pray for all of us that we may be faithful and bold voices of hope in the wilderness of this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the public servants who govern in our nation, state, county, and city, that they may be faithful in their working for, all, for the good of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and for the suffering. Today we especially remember Doris Boyd, Darlene Franklin, Vi Frolic, Art Williams, Renee William, Mark Schultz, as he has surgery this week, and Linda Guccione, as she recovers from surgery. Heavenly Father, give them grace and grant them healing in accordance with your good and gracious will. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, give your great comfort and peace to the family of Sharon Schulte, whom you called home to glory this past Sunday. Give to them your strength and make your presence known to them, even as they mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for all of your gifts given to us in love. Today we praise and thank you, especially with Tanja Cleveland and her family as they celebrate her birthday this weekend. We praise you, Lord, for your good gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated for the gathering of the offering. Please stand as together we sing our offertory. Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. 
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might be found by him without spot or blemish, and at peace when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as together we sing our recessional hymn, The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns. Mm-hmm.